has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. The power of a testimony. A witness gives testimony of what they have seen or experienced. That's what a witness does. A powerful testimony can be life for life or death to the one the testimony is for or against. But you know, God has said in his word that you are his witnesses. We are his witnesses. We witness to what we have seen and what we have experienced. I don't have to preach the whole Bible. I just witness to what I have seen and what God has revealed to me. God tells us that we are his witnesses. And we are to witness to all of mankind of God's goodness, God's great kindness, his power, his loving kindness, the sacrifices he's made, this sacrifice he made for us, his grace, his love. We must witness. Now listen, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 43, this is a scripture I remember when I was saved years ago. I couldn't get rid of this scripture. It was so important to me because I finally realized that God's looking to me as his witness. They don't know him. He's looking to me as his witness. He tells us in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 43, beginning from verse 10 and 11, he says, You are my witnesses. Say the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. You are, if you're hearing these words this morning, God saying that you are his witness. You are my witnesses. And you are this my servant that I have chosen. That you may know and believe me. And understand that I am here. That you may know when you witness, that's an amazing thing. I thought you witness to something you've already known and experienced, right? God said when you witness, that's when you know. See the scripture? When you witness, it says you are my witness. Witnesses. Said the Lord, my servants that I've chosen. That you may know. Not that you've already known. That you may know as a witness. That I am he. And believe me, he said. Know and believe me. And understand that I am he. And then he tells us. I am he. Before me. There was no God formed. You, you may have heard it, but to really know it and have no doubt about it has to come from the Lord. Before me, there was no God formed. 
nor shall they be after me. And then he tells us this. No God, notice we are talking about God. I, even I, I am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. Beside me, there is no Savior. What does that mean? Every man needs a Savior. If you are human on the earth, you need a Savior. If you think you don't need a Savior, you're deceived. And let me tell you this. Self-deception is the worst kind of deception. Everyone needs a Savior. And he says, you will know when you bear witness. I am He. Now, if you read in John chapter 8, verse 24, Jesus said, he said very clearly, he said, unless you believe that I am He, you die in your sins. So he went, go, he go, he went right back to Isaiah 43. You have to believe that He is. And the Jew said, who are you? He says, what I've been telling you before, I am He. And if you don't believe that I am He, the one that God spoke of from the very beginning, right after Adam sinned, God spoke about him coming. He says, the seed of the woman, not seeds, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. And that's what Jesus meant. I am that one. And you testify. And he says, if you don't believe that I am He, you'll die in your sin. There is no worse tragedy than for a person to die in a sin. You can't have anything happen to you worse than you exiting this world, dying with your own sin. And that's what Jesus was saying. Telling the people, you are my witnesses. Tell them, I am the Savior. We are the witness. Now, God spoke to Paul, but let me show you this. Until you own it, you won't experience it. If you don't believe it, you won't own it. But if you own it, God will be doing extraordinary things in your life. You won't be just like every other man. There's going to be something different in your life. You are everybody else, like everybody else, just like Samson, right? You remember, Samson was just like everybody else. A lot of people think that Samson had this huge biceps. And they're asking, Samson, where is, what's the secret of your power? Samson should have done, can you see this? What are you asking? But he looked just like every other man. Until... When it's time for him to testify of the power that's in him, then people are amazed. And that's who God has called you to be. When you are a witness and you own it, this is who I am. You are my witnesses. To tell the world, and this is what is spoken about Paul, but I believe it's for us also. If you read in Acts chapter 22, verse 14 and 15, it says, Then he said, The God of our Father has chosen you that you should know His will. Has chosen you that you should know His will and see the just one. Not with your natural eyes, but with your spirit eyes. 
to see Jesus. Amen. By faith. To see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. God chose you to hear the voice of Jesus' mouth. The voice of Jesus himself. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. When you are his witness, you hear his voice. He says, the reason why you will hear his voice, the voice of his mouth, he says, for or because you will be, what? His witness. Until you are his witness, it's hard to hear his voice. But when you hear his voice, you can never be the same. Because the same voice put the universe in place. And when you hear those voices, and you just won't be hearing voice, he will be talking to you. And when he speaks to you, your life is transformed. In that area that he's talking to you about, that area is bound to change. If it was bad, he's going to turn out well. To hear his voice. But you have to be his witness. To be his witness. For or because you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. You don't have to quote John 3.16. I know this is funny. Uh, You guys are real serious this morning. But I want (laughs) to... But, you know, like, some, some people want to come to the United States as preachers. They're on a visa. And they go to the, the uh, embassy to get their visa, and they're skeptical about them. Everybody wants to come to the U.S. and stay. I stayed. Okay? <laughs> okay? I stayed. And so they go in and apply, you know, to enter the U.S. as preachers. And, and, and he said, you're a preacher? He says, they, 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 they've been trained. Those, in, those guys that interview people, they've been trained to separate them. He said, you're a preacher? He says, yes. Can you quote me John 3.17? What? <laughs> he knows John 3.16, but John 3.17? <laughs> he said, please get lost. You are not a preacher, okay? You should know it. Point is, you don't have to know John 3.17 to be a witness. Amen? You don't have to know John 3.17. You witness to what you have seen. What God has done in your life. That's what it says of, of uh, Paul. You witness to what you've seen. I don't have to quote scriptures to them. Just tell them what God's done for you. And you know, every time you speak what God's done for you, it's established in heaven. You know, I've prayed with people, by the grace of God, I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf, dumb come to me in the service. Just a simple prayer, and the person is talking now, and they can hear. And they told me in advance, we're bringing this person. God is the one that does all of it. His word performs the miracle. But I stand in as a witness, amen, of what I believe from the word, amen. And I don't have any extra powers, but I believe the word. And I testify of what I have seen 
Some initially is what others have done. Amen. You see, T.L. Osborne went there and he did. And that's my testimony. And what I read from the scripture. And guess what? God's watching over his word to perform it. And after he's done it, you are so excited. You want to say, do it again. You want to see it. And your life is transformed. The most powerful Christians are those who witness for him. Just telling people what God has done for you. They'll argue with you about scripture. They always have their opinion. And I've tried to convince people, I start the scripture, they'll finish it for me. Amen? But I can't convince them to move position. But they can't argue with what God's done for me. Amen? And, and, and after they, they know they can't argue with that, all they say, eh, that's good for you. God bless your heart. They say that, but at home, the Holy Spirit is telling them, don't you need the same thing done for you? You know you're in trouble. Eh? And he can't rest. Before long, he says, well, I think I'll go to church with you next Sunday. No, he has been thinking about it. The Holy Spirit has been whipping him real good. Now he has to go to church. Only through your witness. Through your witness. We are his witnesses. You know, John the Baptist was regarded as the greatest man that lived in the Old Testament. That's kind of an amazing thing. Because Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 11, he says, among those born of women, there's never, no one has risen that was as great as John the Baptist. And they say, really? What about Abraham? Can that be true? But you know he can't lie. What about Abraham? What about Isaac? What about David? You mean John the Baptist is greater than David? That's what Jesus said. My question is, what did he do to be that great? I know he was killed, but Isaiah was killed. Isaiah the prophet, remember? Jeremiah? Elijah? Went to heaven? How come? What made him so great? Then I found out what it is. He was the one God gave the right to introduce his son to the world. That's all he did. God gave him that right to introduce all the way from Adam. They had been expecting him. Jacob even said, praying for Judah, he says, until Shiloh comes. Meaning Jesus. They all knew he was coming. And John the Baptist was chosen to introduce him to our world. That's what made him the greatest. And then Jesus said, but look, that's for the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, even the least in the kingdom, if we do what John did, we're greater. Don't ask me how that works. I don't know. But I know he can't lie. Why don't we take advantage of it? Because God will not just make you great and everything around your life is falling apart. He just told to tell somebody. 
Let me tell you what God did in church last Sunday. And tell them. I see a miracle. I go to work. Oh, you won't believe what happened to church in church on Sunday. I am I'm telling them. But you know, all I was doing just trying to tell them about Jesus. But no quoting scriptures. They'll listen. They'll listen. And guess what? I'm his witness. Amen? I'm his witness. I tell them. I remember, you know, I was a school teacher back after I got saved. I didn't think I was making any headway. But everything, you know, was new. Didn't know scriptures. In fact, <laughs> some of the way I understood scriptures, if you, if you met me then, today you'll laugh at me. <laughs> I mean, it was horrible, some of the things I thought scripture was saying. But I, I, I was just so excited about what I was seeing in church and the people getting healed and the miracles. And I go back to school when I was teaching, where I was teaching, and I tell the students about what God had done from class to class. You know, we moved from class to class, teaching one subject. Mine was chemistry. And I taught chemistry from class to class. And I'll tell one of this, the one class about what I saw in church. And I walk into the next class, my next period to teach. And I walk in there to teach them chemistry. I knew it was wrong to, just, to use government's time. Don't judge me, okay? <laughs> Telling them about Jesus, okay? So usually, I come in a little early uh, before I share the word. But these students will tell me, we heard the stories you told the other class. And we're not going to permit you to speak until you tell us the testimony story. And I said, hmm, if the principal gets me doing this, I'm gone. So I begged them. I said, okay, now. Uh, I have to teach you guys. If you guys are real quiet, and this was high school, and don't say anything, and let me go through my lesson and really understand it, then I'll tell you the story. And the students say, okay, I'm telling you, if any student ever said a word, the other students will look at him like, you better keep your mouth shut, man. We want to hear that story. Oh, yeah. Today, from those, they're, they're preachers. One of them is coming here to see what God's doing here. Dr. Ambi, he's in uh, Malawi. He calls me. I thought I was a failure when I left because they were not following God. But they all came. And I go back over there and some of them will walk up to me and say, Oh, my, my, the, my father in the Lord, I mean the one who brought me to the Lord, uh, they, 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 they told me about you. And or some would just walk up to me and say, you are my grandfather in the Lord. And I say, who is your father? <laughs> who is your father? But I didn't quote John 3.16. I didn't know the scriptures very well. I mean, all I was doing was telling them about Jesus and what I saw in church, what I saw in other people's lives. The testimonies I heard from other people in church. And God was using those things to transform their lives. Till today, Ambi, Dr. Ambi in Malawi, he's a Christian with his whole family. Because of few stories told in class. You are my witnesses. Amen? You are my witnesses. The Apostle John also gave a witness, and I love his witness. He says in 1 John 1 verse 1 and 2, he says, 
that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. It's speaking about the Jews. They heard about God. He's saying that same God that was in the beginning. If you were in the beginning, then you were before the beginning, right? You can't be in the beginning unless you were alive before the beginning. So Jesus was in the beginning and John was saying that which was in the beginning. That's John. That which was from the beginning, which, our, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes. We saw this with our eyes. Which, had, which we have looked upon. That's John says, we were looking at him. The one that was before time. We saw him. He came to us. And then he tells us, we looked upon him. And our hands have handled him. Wouldn't you have loved to sit by Jesus and lay on him and know that was the same God that created everything? Man, I will be, he won't sleep. I have so many questions to ask him. I mean, I'll ask a lot of questions. Tell me, how was it in the beginning and all of that? The universe is so vast. And yet this same creator lives inside of me. He lives inside of me. No wonder John, Jesus said in John chapter 3, he says, everyone is born again. It's like the wind that blows. You hear his sound, but you can't see it. You can't even tell where he's going, and you don't know where it came from. He says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. We are a mystery, and God can use us greatly. He says our hands handled him concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness. Again, you hear the word witness? You bear witness. He's telling them I handle the word. And now he's handling the word with his mouth. Sharing the word with people. He says that's what we bear witness and declare to you. That eternal life. Which was with the Father. And was made manifested to us. He was made manifest to us. So Jesus is that eternal life. Let me tell you this. When you speak about Jesus. He is life. Guess what comes back to you? Life. When you stay with the word. You speak life. It comes right back to you. That's why I've been telling people. Christianity is something to experience. Not to talk about. Not to tell people, I've read it from Genesis to Revelation. I read the Bible every year from Genesis to Revelation twice a year. But your life is so chaotic and you're so flaky. Every little thing you are upset, I don't like that. Whatever. And it's a whoopee. It's a Christian. I thought he reads the Bible every year. From Genesis, from cover to cover. You read, but you're not willing to experience. Let me show you how to experience. I'm digressing now. Please give me, uh, I'm going to put this out. Give me Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. 
And he says, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. What do you believe? Why are you not testifying? Why are you not speaking what you believe? Back to experience. The Bible tells us in, in um, Romans 6.14, do you remember it? Sin shall not have dominion over me. Because I am not under the law, but under grace. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Addiction does not have dominion over me. Because God said so. And I bear witness to it. Because I am not under the law, I am under grace. Grace is more powerful than the law. Now, let me go further. Sickness does not have dominion over me. Because I'm not under the law, because I'm under grace. Why? Because he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes I was healed. Amen. So those are the things that I, I witnessed to. Notice it says, when you witness, then you know. Amen? When you witness, then you know. Jesus and his words are one and the same. You witness to what you know. You witness. Andrew said something. After he found Jesus, he went back and met his brother, uh, Peter, Simon. He is Simon. We found him. We found the Messiah. They've been talking about it in the synagogue. We know who he is. Amen? The world needs a savior. And we are those to tell him. Philip also did the same thing in John chapter 1. He was with Jesus one night. And the next day, (laughs) Jesus found him and told him, that was Andrew, Philip. Jesus found him and said, follow me, Philip. And Philip went out and met Nathaniel in the field. It was under a fig tree. And Jesus, Philip said, we found him. The one that Moses wrote about. And all of the prophets. That was his testimony. I don't know anything, but that's who. We found him. Have you found Jesus? Do you have the testimony? You're going to share with somebody? Is it burning inside of you? To tell somebody? Philip, Philip had to tell him. And Nathaniel says, you're saying Jesus of Nazareth? From Nazareth? Can any good thing come up from Nazareth? Philip said, look, I can't explain it to you. You come, follow me, you see. Amen. Natalia was convinced. I'll go see this. And Jesus saw him and said, that's an Israelite indeed. And he says, how did you know me? I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Leave the rest to Jesus. Just tell them about him. Amen. Amen. He'll fulfill his word. When you have met Jesus and really met him, 
and experiencing, it's hard to keep your mouth shut. If you're not saying something, maybe you haven't really experienced him. Because if you have, it's very hard. Believe me, it's hard to keep your mouth shut about him. I've experienced it. And many here have experienced it. When I was newly saved, they thought I was crazy. Because I had to tell everybody. The feeling was so good. I mean, it was a new kind of high, okay? Those things were gone. A lot of things just dropped from my life. By the power of God. No desire for those things. No desire for the bottle. No drinking, nothing. They were gone. it, It wasn't in my thinking. The immorality, all of those were gone. It wasn't there anymore. Instead, I found this joy that was welling inside of me and I had to tell somebody. I wanted everybody to know and experience. It's called love. You want everybody to know and experience what God has done for you. It's hard to keep it in. And I talked to these guys and they insult me sometimes, use bad words. It didn't bother me. I figured, God's done this for me. They need to know. It's hard. It cuts both ways. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And what? By the words of their testimony. You know why? You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. When you testify, then you know. When you testify, that's when you know. You know why sometimes preachers seem to be so strong? Because they're constantly talking about it. They're just like everybody else. They go through the same problems. But because they are constantly speaking, I'm not sure preachers are even aware that this was going on. And I had to compete with them. He does it from the pulpit. I do it on my own outside. I set my pulpit out under a tree in Georgia and preach to the kids. Amen. That's when I found out about John 3.16. I'll tell them about it. Amen. But God was cutting that way for me, doing it well for me. It's hard. For you to know about Jesus. When Jesus has done something in your life, it's hard not to say something about it. Let me read this scripture to you. Mark chapter 1, verse 42. Beginning from verse 42. It says, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him. This was the man who said to Jesus, Jesus, I know you can make me well if you want to. That's what it says. If you want to, I've been leprous all these years. If you want to, I know you can make me completely clean. And that kind of, I guess it broke his heart. Jesus immediately reached out to him. I'm sure the guy went, oh my God, you touched the leper. Because you're not supposed to touch a leper. And he couldn't be outside near Jesus. He could care less. He wanted his healing. And he said to Jesus, if you, could, if you want to, you can make me well. And Jesus immediately reached his hand and touched him and said, be clean. And so you read in verse 42. As soon as he had spoken this, be clean, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So, he, I mean, this was a f- miracle right there. Just looking and everything, just going, wow, I'm sure his eyes were going like, oh my God, I'm glad I came out today. And well, and after that, it says, Jesus strictly warned him. 
and sent him away at once. And said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone. Now, this is God telling the fellow, don't you say a word about what just happened to anyone. Okay? Strictly. But go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those uh, things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. What a disciple. What a good listener this fellow was. He went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter. I mean, he's just not, he didn't even listen. Okay? He spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city. Look, he caused Jesus some problems here. Jesus could no longer enter the city. But was outside in the in deserted, deserted places because these guys created this problem for him. And they came to him from every every direction. Okay. I know we just read that scripture. And you, you know the way I see it? The guy lives from the presence of Jesus and he's looking at himself and he's thinking. He said I shouldn't tell anybody. This is very hard. He said not to tell a soul. He warned me. Why did he tell me this? I got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. Why did he tell me not to tell anybody? How can I hold this thing back? I've got to tell somebody. I've got to tell somebody. And then he told me, he broke the law. He told the first person and he felt good. Ah, now... Nothing's happened to me. I broke his law. I'm feeling even better. I'll tell everybody. He says, I went everywhere. Created that problem. What a disciple. (laughs) But people came to him. Amen? People came to him. You are his witnesses. You share what God has done. Next week, we're going to be seeing a lot of miracles here. I believe, believe with all my heart. Instant ones. And whatever has been healing your life, I don't care how long it's been. We've seen so many miracles here in our church. I think this, uh, on Friday, I brought out uh, uh, somebody with scoliosis with all the x-rays uh, shown here. The person was prayed for here. You got the before and all the coverture. And then after prayer, straight. We've seen them. I have documents in my office right now. So we're going to be seeing a lot of miracles. But what we need to do, tell. Tell what your eyes have seen. Share with people. Put something on the Facebook to, to invite somebody. It's not about our church. It's about people for whom Jesus died. Please think straight. His, in my mind, his blood should never be in vain. Shed in vain. So I'm going to tell them. I'm going to bring them here. I may not be able to preach to them. But I tell them, have you seen a miracle before? You want to come to church this Sunday? You may see one. And they say, well, I have this person that's sick. Bring them in. Amen. Bring them even from the hospital. God will heal them if they come. We're not concerned about that. God will heal them. So we want to share the word of God with people. 
I close with this. The woman with the issue of blood. You heard the story? She was sick for 12 years. And I'm sure she first heard about Jesus. It says when she heard about Jesus, she knew she couldn't be out in the open. It was against the law. She couldn't go to Jesus and talk to him and tell him exactly what was going on and expect him to pray. She, was, she would have been broken, breaking the law at that point. So she had to do it secretly. But there was something. She's tried for 12 years. No solution. And then she started hearing of this young rabbi that's healing the sick. I'm sure she heard the first testimony. And she sat the person down. That's my mind. Tell me what happened. Well, I was there and Jesus came and Jesus did that. And she's thinking, I wish I could have been there. My troubles would be over. How do I reach him? And then she hears of another testimony. And then another testimony. And another testimony. And she's saying, how can I get my own healing? I know he healed me, but I can't go to him publicly. That would be wrong. So she devised her own way. But what did it for her? What pulled her? What made her to come up with that way that we're reading today? He touched the hem of his garment. We sing about it. What pulled that out of her? Somebody else's testimony. It was somebody else's testimony that she heard that drew her to Jesus. And now she has her own testimony. And we are reading of it till today. She came up with her own way. I'm going to do it this way. I can't do it that way, the way they do it. But I know that power resides in him. If I can just touch and I will be okay. And she did. And she was healed. A testimony from one woman, John chapter 4, transformed the whole city. She said, come and see a man who told me everything about my life. And the whole city poured out. And there was so much joy. And they stayed with Jesus and begged him, can you just stay with us? We know Jews don't like us, but you seem to like us. So can we stay with you? And Jesus stayed with them. And they were so happy. A woman that had no relationship, couldn't talk to anybody in town. Now she was friends to everybody. I believe people were coming to her. How did you find you? How did you find him? What did he say to you? She was popular. Amen. Because she met Jesus and testified. Cuts both ways. Amen. You share on his behalf. He speaks of you before the angels. That person belongs to me. Bow your heads with me this morning. You're here today and you have not made Jesus your Lord. You haven't made him your Savior. And we're not talking about our Savior. We're talking about personal Savior. You want Jesus to be my Savior. God's calling you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. He says, in an acceptable day, I heard you. In the day of salvation, I helped you. Today is that day, the Bible says, now is the accepted time. Jesus is calling you back home. Come home, son. Come home, daughter. Make a decision for God. Come back home to him. 
If you're not sure in your heart that if you die today, you will make it to heaven, I'm speaking to you. You can make that right today by just lifting up your hand at the count of three. And we'll pray a simple prayer. That prayer will be recorded in heaven and your name forever will be written. All the angels will know you. Your life will be different from this very day. I believe that with all of my heart. All you have to do is say, yes, God, just by raising your hand, I need you in my life. And God will respond to you and it will be different from this very day on. Amen. At the count of three, if that's you, let me say this also. Some of us have made a decision for Christ, but we are not walking with him as we should. And you want God to help you to draw closer to you. I'm also talking to you. Because there's going to be a grace coming upon your life today that's going to make things different for you. All we need to do is obey him. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you eat of the good of the land. That's what he's asking. At the count of three, if that's you, lift your hand up, put it right back down, and we'll pray and God will hear. Thank you. At the count of three, one, two, three, put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Today, as you sincere in your heart, heaven will recognize that you belong to, here, to heaven. You are part of God's kingdom. You all pray with me, every one of you. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. God, my Father, thank you for raising Jesus again from the dead. We thank you. Jesus, I invite you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Give me grace and power to follow you, to serve you all the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Please put your hands together.